Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Jordan Aspen, who runs Civilized Animal Productions, and they turn faceless followers into fast friends through intimate, virtual, and in-person events. And by helping entrepreneurs with big vision, take that from just idea through to hosting a super successful events or an event series. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Can you expand a bit more on that to let us know know, where your business is today and the kind of people that you love working with? Yes, absolutely. I myself personally am a project manager, a project coordinator at heart. And so that's where I approach our business from. I take the big ideas from the visionaries I'm not too, um, but my husband especially is, and he works with me. We take those big ideas and we make them happen. And so we have our proprietary process that we take every single project through, whether it's an event, an in-person event, um, an intimate retreat, a big virtual event with thousands of people. It follows the same process. And I really love seeing those big ideas that can easily become distractible and squirrels Mm -hmm. and shiny object syndrome actually come to fruition. Nice. Love that. So when your clients come to you, where are they traditionally? What do you have to help them to work through and overcome so that they can create these, these events? The biggest thing is exactly what I was saying about the shiny object syndrome as well as imposter syndrome, all of those things, procrastination, everything that's making the project stall out and making them feel like it's their fault. Like, I just can't finish projects. I just can't do this. Um, I'm overwhelmed. There's too much on my to-do list. Mm. I've gotten behind. So now I don't know what to do next because do I do the things that were scheduled for today or do I do the things that I got behind on? And, and typically there's somewhere in this mix. They're either anticipating this because this is what has happened on every project that they've tried before. Maybe not every project, but they've hit this point probably on every project, or they're actually at that point and they're throwing up their hands going, I don't know if I can do this. And so then we come on and help to guide and direct them and sort through all of that and set it in order. Nice. So you've seen it all before, you know, the pitfalls, where they everyone comes from, where they should be spending their time, what they should release and not do themselves. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a big part of it. Yeah, there's a big part of that, especially with events. I was actually just talking about that with one of my colleagues this morning. <laughs> oh, go on, tell me more. So what, what is it? Yeah, so we were talking about how intimate, small retreats, it can kind of feel like um, you can do it all. 
we're, we're solopreneurs. A lot of people that I work with are solopreneurs or recovering solopreneurs at this stage. And so it's like, okay, I've got this vision. We'll have a few people together, you know, less than a dozen. Um, and I can manage it. I can do all the things. And then we realize there are so many hats to wear. And if you're teaching the session, then you can't be stirring the pot on the stove, getting ready for dinner. That's going to happen immediately after the session and <laughs> all of the different things that need to go on. You need to have a team. You need to have a team behind you. Um, and so a retreat type of project is an excellent place to start when it comes to growing a team, because it can be project-based. You don't have to hire someone as an employee and figure out how to pay their salary. You can pay them for that event, or you can partner with them and do a profit share, or there's all sorts of different ways that we can problem solve in these situations of, oh, I don't think I can handle a team. Um, and that's part of the thing that I bring to the table when I work with somebody is helping them realize that some of these fears might not be so fearful if we just look at the problems we need to solve and figure out a way to solve them. Yeah, but all these problems, they seem so big and scary, especially the ones that we don't know. Oh, there's things that we mm -hmm. don't know. Isn't that just like an, an evil black hole that we mm, we don't want to go down? Yep. I make it sound so easy, but then have trouble turning around and doing that for myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we were chatting away offline saying about how, you know, where your business is going and what's... Mm -hmm where you're trying to take this and you know this podcast we talk about the roller coaster of the the entrepreneur and you've said it here mm -hmm. the solopreneurs we wear every single hat we are the accountant the cleaner we get to do the work we want to do but we have to do the business as well and the marketing and the sales and oh my gosh we have to do everything no one told us this when we first got into it right okay? <laughs> which is it's funny but if they did how many people wouldn't do it so it's true there's that sort of blessing and a curse but yeah, the one line you just said there, I can do it all. So you see this with your with your clients. They think they can do it all. They can do everything in the retreats and then realize, ah, damn it. No, it can't be done. Just to pin that into back to a conversation that we had offline about your business, about you know, what happens next? Do I bring in a team? Do I have to bring in the money first? What what comes first? So you are actually living and breathing a different area, but the sort of doing it all you know, with your husband and how you bring in your team and what's the next step. So you're kind of doing exactly what you teach and help your clients to overcome on a, on a different frame, but isn't that true? Exactly. Yes. And what I'm, what I'm realizing is that I, through this whole process, I'm realizing that I'm good at project-based things that have a beginning and an end. Uh -huh. And part of my struggle right now is growing the team because I don't want to just grow the team for a particular project anymore. Yeah. I don't want to bring on a contractor to help with this client and then say goodbye. See you later. Maybe we'll, we'll work together again. Maybe not. I want to actually grow that team that I can train and count on and continue to work with on a steady basis. Maybe they're yeah. still contractors. I really love working with contractors. Um, they're just a certain type of person. And I love that. Um, but it is more of an ongoing thing. And I've realized that I've have some, I have some hangups. So you've hit the point with your business where it's like, it's time to hit that next phase, that next mm -hmm. iteration. And you're done with just, yeah a team, then nothing, and then bring it in for a project. You want stability. You want, you want the empire. 
that is that is your business. So I think everyone goes through that phase, especially with a small business. But what is the next step to take? So where is your hangover right now? So right now we have one assistant who is on for it's it's a continual contract sort of situation where we pay her every month and it's a steady thing and we know that that's a part of the budget and part of what I've had to overcome these past few months of working with her because she's been on since end of last fall beginning of winter time so mm. we've been we've been finding our stride <laughs> but um some of the the shifts that I've realized need to happen in me is feeling that pressure of essentially paying her bills, uh, yeah. having that I'm used to the roller coaster of spikes in revenue and drops in revenue, but that's not something that's reflected in an assistant who's coming and doing steady work every day. Um, and just working, working through that, you know, there's, there's a time to give a bonus when someone's been working really, really hard to make this launch go well. And then it goes really, really well. Sure, we can we can give her a little spike, but the drops are a little bit different. <laughs> right. So yeah, pressure, the pressure of what yeah. to do. So if you had a bigger team, does that fill you with dread and fear? And how do I continue to because you're probably doing well with your business right now and it's stable? However, what what if? Because we've all seen dips with mm-hmm. things going on in the world and different times of the year and all this stuff right so what's the where's that fear coming from the most well there's this tension it's a pull I almost feel like someone's on either side of me yanking on my hands because that that fear is pulling but then there's the there's almost as much fear and excitement and anticipation on the other side as well of what if it could work what if it is successful what if we can I when, when I made the mindset shift of, wait, I'm paying someone else's bills. Like I created a job in the Mm -hmm. world for someone who come to find out, like we've had some personal conversations now that we've been working together for a while and come to find out her past, her last job was terrible, you know, and, and didn't pay enough. And she, you know, there's these different aspects where I'm literally making a life better because I'm able to bring her on as an assistant and not only that, but also being able to train her in skills and being able to pay her to learn those skills. Like that was a huge, it, it, it opened me up to Mm. realize that. And so then I start looking, okay, so who else can I do this for? I love this feeling. I want to grow our agency therefore, Mm. and who else can we bring on? But then that fear, when I see that dip in the numbers, um, comes back, but then there's also the fear of success. Like what if we get too comfortable or I don't even know the what ifs there's just, you know, I don't understand fear of success, but I've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. You don't have to understand it to to understand it's there, but I don't know what is fueling it. I don't know what's in there. There's a lot of awareness to, to unravel when you're going Mm -hmm. through that kind of, that kind of challenge, but yeah. Ooh, there's a couple of things. Let's, let's, what, what do we start with there? Hmm fear versus excitement. I love that. Um, I think the fear of the unknown is, is a phrase that's popping into my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, 
but I guess that's, that's normal human behavior. Mm-hmm. We're conditioned because if something's unknown, it could be scary. It could kill us dead. Yep. We have to try and work out what, what will keep us alive. That's one system that we haven't quite been able to override yet. Now, with with this, um, it's working out what, where is it for you? Where do you feel that? What's going on? And as a solopreneur, as a small business owner, you know, I would guarantee there's a little bit of sort of people pleasing. There's a little bit of um, the desire to really help your clients maybe go above and beyond. Chatting offline, you were saying that, you know, maybe you take on clients that you shouldn't do because, oh my gosh, I could help them. That's, if you can sort of feel that that need and desire coming from a beautiful place, do not get me wrong, that's stunning. And hearing what you said there about your, your first you know, real employee is, oh my gosh, look at the life I've helped. Look at the difference that I've actually made. It's incredible. However, the duality of that, the flip side of that is, ooh, Look at the responsibility I've taken on. I'm now responsible for her success, her happiness, and her life. And that's way too much for anyone to take on, let alone an employer. Can you start to see how these things can sort of coexist together? Mm -hmm. So what's the answer here, you cry? That's a good question. Where I'm thinking. Go ahead. No, no, after you, this is yours. The floor is yours. Well, one of the things that it brought up is just thinking about, um, I have a tendency to stick with something. I told you, I love seeing a project through to its end. And sometimes that's a downfall. Sometimes I finish something that, um, or I'm, I'm just so committed to finishing something that I, stick with it for too long and it's, it's not going to work. And I just need to let it go. Um, the, the whole sunk cost fallacy is something that I, I am all too familiar, excuse me, all too familiar with, with I've, I've put so much into this. I just need to see it through to the end and realizing that sometimes that's, that's not, the best sort of thing. And so I think that's where some of my fear is coming from is what if I com- what if I overcommit? What if I commit too much to this thing and don't know when to put the brakes on it? Yeah. I think that that's the difference between the, the entrepreneur, the solopreneur and the CEO. Yeah. To wear two very different hats. I mean, we, we work with those two very different clients, the solopreneur, people pleasing, trying so hard, um, works too many hours, doesn't charge as much as they should, overcommits, you're smiling away. That's exactly yeah. where you are. Whereas the, the CEO who's stuck has got no people pleasing. They have a people relating challenge. So to be able to, how to relate to people, how to relate to their team that can't do the things that they, it's obvious what they should do. There's two different challenges. It's how you find that right place in the middle where once you can make that shift into to being the CEO that you're supposed to be, to change and shift your identity, then you can start to see employees for what they truly are to your business. Mm-hmm. Don't lose the care and the love and the desire, but understanding where the true responsibility is, understanding why you're making the right decisions. Once you start to write this out and truly believe it and feel it, now you're making decisions from a different place. That makes sense? Yeah, that really makes sense. So if you were able to to step up 
and shift your identity to being the CEO, what do you think you'd be sort of changing with your decision-making with projects or timeframes or whatever else it might be? Another little fear starts nibbling at me because I have swung to the other extreme of saying, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It's the goals. Like everything is about the goals and not the relationships. And so thinking about, you know, my teenage self, that's a long time ago, Jordan, you've matured a lot since then, (laughs) but thinking about that teenage self that could put people off a lot. Um, and, and so just balancing those things and realizing I don't have to be that person. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like you were saying, there are these two extremes. We've got the, the types who just ignore relationships and emotions. It's like, show up and do your job or else, and I'll find somebody else. Mm. Um, and I don't need to be that person in order to step into that role and, and connecting those dots and realizing that is really helpful. And so looking at, looking at that question that you asked of what might it change um, the goals are, are going to be more big picture, I guess, uh, not letting myself get distracted about my emotions, my contractor's emotions, my client's emotions, my family's emotions, and looking at the actual goals. Um, I guess I was doing this just yesterday as I was looking at what my ideal daily schedule looks like. And realizing that I've spent a lot of time over the years poking work into every hole that is possible in my schedule just to make it work. Uh, we've I've gone through health problems and, and struggles and recoveries. And so when I feel good, it's like, okay, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. And realizing that I'm also stepping out of that zone and it's not healthy to be working these 14 hour days sometimes or 12 hour days. Yeah. But it's, and... isn't it so easy to justify yes. why you should be doing it or you, know, you, you put other people's needs above mm-hmm. your own. And one thing you just said there, the emotions of you know, your clients, your employees, mm-hmm. um, your family, we haven't even touched on the personal aspect of being a business owner for you, the family right. side of this. Oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm painting a picture here where you're working a lot of hours. So at what cost to your your family and your relationships and oh even just time for yourself yeah yeah it's it's definitely costing that um burning out myself is the the highest risk i think mm. because looking at my kids faces especially when i come out of the office and i'm done working or taking a break or joining them for a meal um, and realizing just how much they've missed me is a daily reminder. I get that daily reminder, um, that they are very, very important and relationships are very, very important. Um, and then, yeah, same with my husband. He's during our growth stages, I've been doing a lot more of the work hours working recently. And so stepping back and seeing when he gets the creative space to do the things that he's really good at and and the creative work that comes out of that is just so amazing and that's one of the things that I was reflecting on over the past couple of days as I kind of rework my schedule is realizing 
I don't actually have to eke out as many hours as I can now. We're through that transition. Mm. It's actually going to be healthier if I cut back over here and leave that space for him to do his creative work and get him the kind of focused time that he needs um, and wants, not just needs. Like moving, moving from needs to desires is, oh, it's been a huge theme in the past six months for us. Yeah, those I get to's, not I should or I need mm-hmm. to. I get to do this. And, you know, Katie and myself, we can talk so much about these transitions and finding how to how to work with your partner, how to balance the work, how to be equals and have different jobs and find where your true passion is with with the business. It's it can be tough, but also it can be so it can be worse to try and do everything together and then step on toes or Yes. <laughs> rums it's it's yes it's, it it can be really tough so i mean it's all good and well to say yeah you you can build you know, block out this time for your husband so he can do the creative work and get into his zone of genius great as long as it's not at the destruction of yourself rather than a, i'll fix me later kind of attitude which oh my gosh is rife within um, yeah we've both been there <laughs> both me and my husband have been there and i guess that's what i've was realizing yesterday and actually looking at the schedule is, okay, what does that mean? If I block out that time for him, oh, that's actually prime connecting time with my children. He's Mm -hmm. been getting that and it's been great. And I mean, that's a whole gift that a lot of fathers don't get is these big chunks of time with their children. Um, Because we've got young ones, they're not in school. And honestly, we're planning on homeschooling them once they are at that age. So they're home with us all the time. Um, except for, you know, little play dates and things. And so, yeah, realizing that that chunk of time is not even me giving it up. Mm. It's me giving up work to connect with my children. That's a very, very positive thing. And something that I, um, I've been lacking in the most recent season. And so being able to shift that a little bit more is kind of exciting. Yeah. And it's also, I think, finding the absolute clarity on the vision of what you do want. It sounds like you're still fleshing out all of this and there's different, definitely some moving parts to this. I mean, whether it's the perfect day exercise or the vivid vision, um, whatever you choose as your vehicle to finding, okay, where are we going? What do we want? Um, And especially as, as a, you know, working with your partner, I recommend the book, The Vivid Vision, this book, if you can align your vision exactly where you're both going and understand from each other what it is that you both truly desire, and then you morph that together, not with compromise, but with, yeah, we're both, this is where we're going. Now you've got a target. In fact, now you've got something you can give to your employees. And be like, here's where we're going. This isn't just a job. Here is yes. where we're going. Get excited. Your clients will look at this and say, yeah, here's where we're going. They want to be a part of this. They see you as who you are in three years' time not who you are today. That is where things get exciting. And so if, if you, I like to look at leverage. If you know that you're built to I see a project through to completion, sweet. How do we leverage that so that you've got a three-year project? So at the end of it, you have X amount of employees, which extracts yourself from the business. So you can have more time for homeschooling, mm-hmm. for the right kind of time for the work that you love to do um i know this is the days i know you're fleshing this out but oh it's it, this is an exciting phase 
It really is. Yes. You really got my wheels turning, especially because you use that word phase. We use that word too, within our process. Um, we talk about phases because they're not really steps because they blur in and out from each other. And so thinking of the three-year goal as a project that I can now apply my system to, you've, you've really got my wheels turning. I've done it in shorter term. I've done it in 90 day sprints. Um, I've done it in, you know, over the course of a month or even a year, but I, I guess I haven't really had the courage to do it over three years. Our last goodness gracious, my last 10 years, um, any, any three year stretch, I would not have dreamed where I would be at, at the beginning of that, that three-year chunk of time. So thinking about that and, and realizing, no, we're actually at a spot where we can set goals and work toward them instead of being so reactionary, like I've been the past really decade. Um, it's another thing to really think yeah, about. But, and you're also working through these emotions and, and thoughts and beliefs and, and fears that you've currently got, and they're going to keep on popping up as you go through this. So um it's going to be fun it's going to be glorious but yeah finding things tap into what you're good at you see how you serve your clients i guarantee there's something in that that you need you just never applied it and saw it before where again you help your clients do it all yet you're trying to make that step away from not doing it all it's so tongue-in-cheek it's a it's a nod and a wink from from god from the universe yep. to say hey <laughs> have you seen this i'm dropping you little breadcrumbs you just got to trust the process so yeah maybe trust your own process a little bit more hey jordan this has been fun thank you so so much for, for sharing your business sharing what you're going through and the real time processing of ah yeah here's where i'm trying to get to so i really appreciate your time thank you so much this has been this has been a wonderful journey you're welcome. Look, if you want to find out more about you and your business, uh, where can they find you? Asktheaspens.com. That's our last name, Aspen, asktheaspens.com. Fantastic. So everyone go check that out. And Jordan, thank you so, so much for, for all your insights. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.